You're listening to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. The show that gives you leadership lessons and insights from the cutting edge of digital marketing. Hosted by Stephen J. Edelman. It's about to get deep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. My name is Steve Edelman, and this episode is brought to you by a marketingstrategy.com. That is a selfish plug. You see, that's my website. That's where I host the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast and where I provide all kinds of interesting insights and things that you don't hear on the show, you can't find on my Instagram, it's not on my LinkedIn, it's basically my little treat to you. Think of it like uh, the dessert after a nice little meal that you have with this show. Speaking of which, if you enjoy this episode or any other episode of The Deep Gripping Reality, tell the world about it. Do me a favor, leave me a review on iTunes or whatever your platform of choice is. I would really appreciate it. It really helps me grow and get the word out there. So today's episode is going to be kind of interesting. It's not something that I usually talk about, uh, but I think it's it, it's it's interesting. Okay, so when I first got into marketing and and shifted gears from sales to marketing, and I was going to school to get my bachelor's in marketing, um, I had a cousin who was like, "So what are you going to school for?" And I said, "Marketing." And he goes, "He goes, oh, like stocks and bonds." And I, I kind of caught me off guard because, you know, I assumed everybody knew that marketing is trying to get the word out about a product or service, right? And what I didn't think about is, you know, playing the stock market. And I've never been big into the stock market, um, but I will say that there are a lot of similarities in marketing and, and you know, doing stocks, selling and buying and trading stocks. So one of the things that uh, makes billionaire Warren Buffett so wealthy is that he owns stock uh, that he's held on to for a very, very long time in Coca-Cola and other uh, companies that pay dividends, that pay really good dividends. So what I'm talking about now is you know, residual income. It's income where you are making money when you're doing nothing. He can be asleep and he gets this residual income. He gets this, this, you know, cash that just comes into him. And he owns a lot of stock in Coke, obviously, and other things. But, you know, that is a good one because it does pay dividends. So he gets money when they're successful. So what's, you know, really made me think that this might be a good topic for today's show is that I realized uh, with really stark clarity that playing the stock market is a lot like marketing in the sense that you have to play the long game, okay? So there's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of uh, experimenting with marketing. Um, now, if you, and there's a lot of factors that influence how successful your marketing strategy will be. You know, is it gonna be a situation where it's super successful and you make a lot of money? Absolutely, as long as you've done your research. And with stock market, uh, is if you know, how do you know if you should buy or sell certain stocks and the answer is you know first off you got to play the long game so they you know there's the old law buy low sell high whatever but really what's interesting is if you want to buy low on stocks that you've done research on or you know a little bit about the industry 
So for example, I'm going to give you, this is a very, this is 100% true. In fact, there will be a link in the description of this episode if you want to try this yourself. So back in 2019, I want to say, yeah, I took a finance class and the finance uh, professor suggested that I download the Robinhood app. And I always thought that the barrier to entry for the stock market was too high. You know, you had to know, uh, you'd have to have an investment firm and you'd have, you know what I mean? Like it was just too much and you have to invest money and then you got to worry about losing money and blah, blah, blah. Well, Robinhood made it really easy. Now, this is not sponsored by Robinhood. I'm just sharing my experience. Basically, when you sign up, you get uh, a stock worth up to $500. It could be any stock. Typically, people get a $5 stock, okay? And if you invite other people, they get a free share of stock, and then you get one of another company. It may be one you already own. It may be a different one. So I invited three people. So suddenly, I went from having zero money invested in the stock market to having you know, $15 worth of stock, essentially, that was from three different companies. And then I lost, I changed phones, and I lost my login information for Robinhood. And I forgot about it until this year. So I literally put money into stocks when they were low, left it in there, and then came back to it. And what I found is I now have $52 worth of stock. So $52 for free. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot of money, but when you consider the fact that all I did was invite a couple of people to join and then forgot about this app, and now I have $50 of cash, it's it's really kind of enlightening. You know, it was a, a set it and forget it situation. And the reason for that is one of the stocks that I had purchased did extremely well. It went from a $5 stock up to a $20 stock. Um, actually, two of them did that. So, you know, they were one of those ones that they say you want to buy these stock under $5, that sort of thing. So what I did was I reinvested some of that. I bought a couple of shares of SEM Rush, which if you're not familiar, SEM, or SEM Rush as it's called, but SEM Rush is a social media um, SEO. It's a marketing tool that's usually meant for agencies, but anybody can use it. Um, it is a pricey one because it's meant for agencies, but it basically allows you to do site audits on your website. It allows you to uh, do competitive analysis. It allows you to you know, hook up and monitor all of your social platforms on one platform. So it's kind of got the best of Hootsuite and Google Analytics. And you plug it into your Google Analytics, by the way. So it's got everything in one easy-to-use place. And this company is so knowledgeable about SEO that I've read... Google blogs where they quote SEM Rush. So that tells you quite a bit. So I thought, you know, I feel good about that. I'm going to buy uh, a couple shares of that. So those were, um, I think, 20 bucks a piece. So I took these stocks that I had, these 15, these, I ended up actually had a total of five stocks. Um, and I haven't put any of my own money in, by the way. This is all money that I got from, you know, referring people or whatever. So I had a total of five stocks. I divided it up. I bought two of the SEM Rush. And here's why. As Google algorithm changes and becomes more and more customer-centric and more and more focused on having the best user experience like all social platforms do, I expect that, and, and as privacy, let me can continue this for a minute, as privacy concerns continue to grow, um, especially in the U.S., um, I expect that... The rules of the UK, which is the GDPR, um, which govern you know privacy and cookies and all that stuff, I think the USA will start to adapt a lot more 
privacy policies where websites can't collect certain information, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And as that happens, people are going to be a little concerned, you know, with Google using more of their AI to try and do predictive stuff to figure out traffic information and demographical information. I think people are going to turn to tools like SEMrush. So uh, at $20 a share, I thought that was a smart investment. And I'm not going to buy any more. I'm not going to sell it. I'm just going to hold on to it and see what happens. And, you know, if somebody ends up purchasing this company down the road, for example, Google, that would be that would be huge for me to own that stock. The other piece of stock that I, I bought, because um, the other one I had, you know, I said I had five. Two of them were doing well. Um, the rest, the other three were all still low. They were better than when I bought them, but they were still a little low. So I sold off the little ones and I used that to buy stock in ADT. And ADT is a security company that deals with identity theft protection and home invasion protection and security cameras and, and all that stuff. And, and my thought process behind why I did that is that for those who are unaware, the housing market boomed uh, over the last couple of months. And so people were buying houses like crazy. In fact, the, the sales model of some realtors was a three-day window. In other words, they list it for three days, they show it for three days, and then on the third day, they accept bids, period. So if you come in on the fourth day, you wanted to take a few days to think about it, you're out of luck. So they basically were cashing in on, on, on FOMO, on fear of missing out. And so houses were selling like crazy, sometimes 20, 30, 40% higher than the asking price because it was a bidding war to get into these houses. And so some people would be buying houses before they sold their old ones, and it, it's just been crazy. Now, this is not going to last. In fact, some people are saying it's already started to crash. But all these people who are making these new investments in homes are going to want to protect these homes, especially if they're in you know neighborhoods where it's a fixer-upper, that sort of thing. So ADT stock is only at like $10 a share. I expect that that'll actually go up quite a bit. Um, also, again, tying into the security thing, my thought is with... Uh, people's privacy being such a concern and identity theft being, you know, the f <laughs> consistently the fastest growing crime in the country for the last like 20 years. Um, I think that, that that also makes it a smart investment. Now, here's the last reason that I thought ADT would be a good purchase. It does pay dividends. So for those who are unfamiliar with the stock market, um, the stock market does not tell the health of the economy. So that's, that's a common misconception is people think that, oh, you know, the stock market crashed by, you know, 3,000 points today. The economy is crashing. No, that's not it. What the stock market is, is a, um, essentially it's, it's tells you people's faith in companies. Uh, it's people's faith in how well a company is going to do. So it's, it's kind of a predictor of consumer confidence, essentially. And so, you know, when you buy, if you're going to buy stocks, first off, uh, make sure you do some research, look into the history of it, look into, you know, is this, does it look like it's on an uptick? You know, what's the industry look like? Um, one of the ones that, that did really well that I ended up selling and I, I kind of regret it. I kind of think maybe I should keep it was uh, a company called Powerplug, which is a hydrogen fuel cell battery company. And that was the one of the ones that blew up. That was the one of the ones that I, I bought back in 2019. And next thing I know, it, it was worth quite a bit more. So it's it's interesting and it's a fun thing to do. And I now that I've bought a couple shares of SEM Rush and a share of ADT and I have a couple little oddball ones, I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to do anything with it. That's my plan. Um, all you have to do is hook your bank account up because if you decide to cash out, you got to be able to put your money in your account, right? Um, 
But that's it, and it's it's completely secure. In fact, Robinhood was in the news a while back for GameStop. Uh, GameStop had uh, some people on Reddit had decided that they were going to buy a bunch of GameStop shares just to show that you know the consumer could control the market much more than these wealthy psychos. And so you all of a sudden saw GameStop, which had been you know at a low of like four dollars a share, and on average about fifteen dollars a share soar to hundreds and hundreds of dollars per share. And it's it's evened out a little bit more. Um, but it, it was interesting. Everybody's like, oh my God, you know, I should buy GameStop shares. And so it was one of those, it's, it's funny as you watch economics, it's kind of like that toilet paper situation we had last year where there was a, I, I got to get in. I don't want to miss out on this. So, you know, that, and, and, <laughs> Robinhood got in a little bit of trouble because they were like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to let anybody share on this platform. It's too easy. And so that was, you know, are they controlling the market? So it was a weird situation, but I think it's all evened out. Again, I'm sharing my link in the description. So if you want to sign up, you can. It's it's a cool little app. It's an easy way to get some free, uh, free sh- stock. And if you just forget about it, who knows? In a few years, maybe it'll be the next big thing that you get. And, and to, to the algorithm of Robinhood's credit... They try to give you a stock that, like I said, they can be valued up to $500. It's kind of like winning the lottery if you get that. So you could end up getting Tesla stock. You could get Apple stock. You could get um, Amazon stock. You could get um, all kinds of stuff. And, and another thing that I found really interesting is companies that you would think would have higher stock don't. So, for example, GM or Ford, their stock is actually pretty low. Uh, would it make sense to invest in these companies? Probably because... Both GM and Ford have been around forever. Ford, you know, literally made the first car. I don't expect that they're going anywhere anytime soon. And as technology advances and they start getting into self-driving vehicles or, you know, um, electric vehicles, their stock's just going to end up going up, I think. So should I own a share of that? Maybe. I mean, hell, when I first got into Robinhood, the shares of, of this stock were like five bucks. And now, and that's what blew my mind. I was like, Ford, Ford Motor Company is $5? Wow, you wouldn't expect that. Now it's um, in the teens or the 20s, I don't remember. It, it may be even higher than that. So the point is that, you know, even if there's volatility in the market, you're not out anything, really. And, and again, listen, I, I got to be, let me, I should have probably said this at the beginning. I am not an investor. Uh, well, I am an investor. I am not a um, stock trader in the sense that I do this all the time or it's my job or I'm expecting anything major to come of it, right? And I'm literally just playing around in the stock market. That being said, I'm also not an investment broker. I'm also not the kind of person that you should 1000% rely on to give you, you know, your investing advice. There are financial experts who can do that. Now, if you want to talk about marketing instead of the stock market, I'm your guy. I can talk about anything and everything related to marketing until I'm blue in the face. I, I did a great post on, on the website, um, on marketingstrategy.com, where I talked about you know what goes into a logo and what messages it's sending and reevaluating the power of your logo and what you know what are you trying to say with it. And so you know anything having to do with marketing, especially digital, I'm your guy. We can talk about it all day, all night. But if it's about the stock market, other than saying, hey, you should check out the Robinhood app, even if you don't sign up with my link, you should download it for yourself just because it's a fun way to learn a little bit about it. That's it. That's that's all I got. So if you end up investing all of your money in the stock market and you fail, I, res- I, I take no responsibility for that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying here. 
Now, how that ties to marketing is a whole nother ballgame because um, in the sense of marketing, you do have to play the long game. I, I say this all the time. You need to have a nano, micro, and macro strategy. So what I mean by that is you need to have the macro strategy is your big one. It's, it's basically the overarching strategy for this year. This is what I want to do, right? This is where I want to be. And it needs to be measurable and it needs to be, you know, purpose driven. So for example, if I say that a, a macro goal is that by the end of the year, I want to grow following on Facebook, for example, um, by X amount of followers. Well, I need to have a reason for that. And it can't just be to feed the algorithm or prime the pixel or anything like that. Like, you know, it's, am I, if I'm building brand awareness, how does that relate to sales? I, I like to say that, you know, there is profit driving actions and then there's revenue driving actions, right? So, you know, that all needs to be considered in part of your digital strategy in your macro goal. So if flipping that over to stock market, right? If my goal is to diversify my portfolio and what that means for those who don't speak stock is you don't just want to buy a bunch of stock in one thing just because that's an industry you're used to. So for example, tech or healthcare or entertainment, um, because if something happens and there's an industry-wide crash, then your portfolio is shot. The more diversified your portfolio is, the more stock you own in, across different industries, the less risk there is and the safer your overall portfolio is. Um, because then it's not a systematic issue, right? Your entire portfolio doesn't get affected. So if I was, if I was going flipping it again back to marketing if I was going to say I want to build my likes on Facebook then that means that I'm probably going all in on Facebook well if something horrible happens and a bunch of people leave Facebook then I've just I've wasted that you know and is it a sunk cost no not necessarily because you know if you've built up clout it, it is the biggest social platform on the planet for a reason if you've built up um, you know brand awareness brand equity you take that with you so you know but would it hurt to say I want to build my following on Facebook by this much and because they're tied together anyway, um, uh, Instagram by this much and then total conversions driven to the website from those platforms by this much, that is a good macro goal. But you want to look at the micro. So the micro is the month-to-month, the -month, quarter-to-quarter, week-to-week stuff, right? Nano is daily, sometimes hourly actions that drive toward that macro goal. So, you know, if I say that I'm going to drive up that following, how am I going to do that? Well, by putting out engaging content, by putting out, um, by responding to every single comment that I get regardless, you know, unless it's spam. Hell, I'll tell you a little secret. So Instagram's uh, algorithm sees engagement as one of the highest things. And so it's like saves. If somebody saves your post, that's super valuable. But if somebody engages with the post and puts a long content or a long thoughtful, um, you know, comment on something, that's one engagement. Well, if you respond to that, that's two engagements. It doesn't matter that you're the poster. It's the fact that there's now two. So what I found is my uh, account on Instagram has grown is that I see a lot of stuff where when I post stuff, and I think these are bots that follow certain hashtags, It'll say promote it on and then some stupid handle, right? And so 
the funny part about that is most people get annoyed. Sometimes they block those accounts. Sometimes they um, will, you know, delete that comment. I don't do that. What I do is, since I know that's an engagement, even if it's from a bot, it's kind of a toxic engagement, I reply with no. <laughs> Just simply, no. Is that a super valuable engagement? No, but it is it is that one bot that just gave me that promoted on whatever handle. It just gave me an engagement, so I just give it a second one. And it's, it's a silly thing, but it, it helps. Sorry, I digress. So now flipping that back to the stock market, when I say diversify your portfolio, that's the macro goal, right? So I want to own two stocks in XYZ industry, right? Well, the micro goal and the nano goal of that is, okay, the, the micro goal is I need to learn as much as I can about the top stocks in here and what are similar companies that maybe are smaller so that I can afford to buy shares of smaller companies that are very similar um, or that I think are up and coming. So you do some industry research. You do It's like competitive research for marketing, right? Um, and then the nano goal is... <laughs> Day to day, I can check it, but you know you don't want to make huge decisions based on one or two days. That's back to the Warren Buffett thing. It all ties back to playing the long game. Warren Buffett isn't uber rich because only because he owns a lot of stock in Berkshire Hathaway or um, or in uh, Coca Cola. It's because he bought that stock and he holds onto it. And he doesn't, you know, sell it just because something goes crazy. So, you know, when Coca-Cola um, notoriously came out with new Coke and, and everybody hated it, I'm sure the stocks crashed. Do you think Warren Buffett sold his shares? Hell no. Why? Because he knew this was a blip on the long-term radar. And that's how you have to do it. You have to play the long game. You have to be patient. Um, if you're going to build your audience, play the long game. Be patient. So I really hope that this has provided some valuable insights to you and that you you know, really enjoyed this. Hopefully you got quite a bit out of it. If you did, again, please do me a favor. Leave a review or share or let me know how you feel. Um, you can get a hold of me on any social media platform at TDGR podcast. So the deep gripping reality, but it's the abbreviation at TDGR uh, podcast. Or uh, I'm also on Clubhouse with under the same one. And uh, I so basically any social platform. But you can also get a hold of me um, at my website at amarketingstrategy.com. So thank you very much for tuning in. And until next next time, dig deep, my friends. <laughs>